1: And Kevin Hall. There was an actual Colts football game, but that's not even the biggest Colts news. We'll talk about the game in Buffalo and the announcement of quarterback one. And I'm super excited to talk about pre draft fantasy football. So here we go.
0: Yes, yes, that is correct. There was a Colts football game, uh, but that's not. The biggest news. The biggest news is it didn't even hit 100 degrees here in Texas. Oh, yeah. It is a ice cold trend uh, in the shade under 100 degrees with a breeze. It feels real nice. It really did. Um, No, in seriousness, there is big Colts news. Anthony Richardson was officially
1: named the starter for the season. Yeah. Your thoughts on that? I mean, I've been saying this whole time, I think AR should start. With this being technically a rebuilding year, we have a lot of young guys. Um, And I think our best player is probably Quentin Nelson. He's made the most appearances um, to the Pro Bowl. He's been on the Colts longest. He's been in the system. He's been a tremendous guard. I think, sadly, our guard is our best player. Okay. But... um, that off topic. I think we're a young team. We're rebuilding. Ar is a good uh, person to have as a starter with Gardner, kind of um, holding him under his wing. Because I've I've seen some stuff, and they look like they're having a lot of fun together. So, yeah. which I think is good. Yeah, I think.
0: I mean, Minshew is great. Minshew is fun. Um, it's exciting to build to the future. I know there's some thought out there that this is another potential tank move by Ursay to try to get Marvin Harrison Jr. If you draft the guy number four overall, if you draft a quarterback in the first round, you don't draft him in the first round to make him wait. Yep, The only team that does that is the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. And it's been successful for them. We'll Mm -hmm. see how this Jordan Love thing goes. Worked Uh, pretty good. Worked out good for Aaron Rodgers. Um, But, I mean... I think you're right. Like, you're building to the future, and so you might as well st- Throw him out there. start with the future, and there's only one way for him to get better, and that is to get thrown in the fire.
1: Yeah. So, we'll see how that goes. Um, Colts also picked up uh, T's Taver, I mm-hmm. think his name is. Okay. Um, they also picked up Ronnie Harrison. Yep. But they cut Xavier Scott. Right. They needed, uh, with Blackman kind
0: of unsure, just kind of coming back, uh, you got... Um uh Ronnie Thomas that is still injured. Um they needed some more depth at safety, so they did that. Unfortunately, we have Xavier Scott and his amazing hair getting cut. Uh Dalvin Cook though, picked up by the Jets one year for 8.3 million and Ezekiel Elliott to the Pats for a year with 3 million with up to 3 million more with incentives. Yep. What does that mean for JT then?
1: Um, You and me have kind of been talking about this. It means he's still on his working contract. Yeah. He's hurt. Uh-huh. He's still on contract. He's not worth anything until he can prove otherwise. So this is his year. If he doesn't want to do anything, like he's not getting paid any more money this year. He's still on contract, so they're not going to sh- abandon that contract and pay him more. So if he's going to sit out, that's a bad reputation for him, not the Colts. Yeah. It's a bad reputation for him, and the Colts will be like, okay, you you want to do this? We'll move on with the future. And that's a bad reputation for him, and it sets a bad attitude tone, and he may not want to – and no one else may not want to pick him up. So yeah. I think this is only hurting him because he's not worth anything, anything in, until he shows it. Yeah. So – Um... Where is Jonathan Taylor, though? Shane Steichen says, I'm not gonna get into where he is or when he's gonna be back. When he's back, he'll be on the field. Yeah. This whole thing has got me a little puzzled. Okay.
0: Brings me and reminds me of another edition of Kevin's
1: Conspiracies. Okay yeah like do, 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 yep do, do, we need some, some uh, music there, or some something eerie type of music, yep. <laughs> some like Twilight zone yeah
0: uh, yeah like x file uh, kind of music, because here's the deal we no one has seen j t okay, so let's let's rewind on Sunday's practice last weekend he was in a blue hoodie, yep, and we were like, oh. Oh, does this mean something? Next day, he's back in black. Back back in black. No one has seen or heard from him since. Hmm. No one has seen or heard from him since. The entire narrative from the entire Colts organization is he is continuing his rehab. He is furthering his rehab out of state. Not in another country where they have like... Different, like, medical breakthroughs and, like, nothing like that. He's out of state. Something that the Colts trainers could not handle and could not do for him. So he had to go elsewhere. Okay. Who said he had to go elsewhere? Who authorized this decision?
1: Sure, Surely it wasn't Shane Steichen.
0: I know somebody named Jim Mercer. He's got a lot of money. He can pretty much do whatever he wants and ship anybody he wants anywhere he wants.
1: Yeah, I guess so.
0: My conspiracy is Jonathan Taylor has been shipped off and exiled until he chooses to make the right decision to come back to play for the Colts. The next time we see him, he'll be on the field practicing because that's what Shane Steichen keeps saying. That's what the whole organization keeps saying, that he'll be out there once he's 100%. So, okay, so he's basically being like held captive until... I believe he is somewhere... Maybe not being tortured, but he is somewhere being held in a safe place until he decides to come back and play for the Colts.
1: Okay. That is that is surely something to think about. I've never thought of it that way. That is Mike Evans' conspiracy on JT. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, it's it's a little bit of a stretch, but I, I can definitely see it. I mean, if nobody's
0: heard from him or seen him since then, that would be it. All right, let's talk about the Bills game. Okay, okay. the actual game, let's get to it. Yeah, okay, yeah, we got uh,
1: s- some questions to go through. First is, what did we see? Well, I mean, we saw Anthony Richardson play for the first time. I was like, me and Isaiah were uh, at my friend's house on the couch, they yep. were watching a movie, we were paying attention to the game <laughs> on his phone, and we were like, we were both super hype. Whenever we saw Anthony Richardson come out, we're like, man, he's big. Yep, um. And he came out and he threw that interception. we were yeah. like, okay, maybe it's just a little bit of flunk, and we saw that it was a little bit of like jitters. Is yeah. what it, it it seemed like jitters. It seemed like he had a little bit of extra energy and like you he know, was he yeah. was ready to go, but maybe a little too ready. huh. And he's like he jumped the gun a little bit, which it's fine. He's a rookie quarterback, right. first ever actual play. Right. Well, not first play, but like yep. first set For, of downs. First drive. Yeah. And. It's third down, yeah, yep, and we saw him come back after that. And he, I think, from what I saw, I'm happy for the development he's going to be making because I know that's not the end of it. And right. I mean,
0: like, you throw an interception in a preseason game, it's not that big of a deal. The real question is, how are you going to
1: bounce be, how back? How are you coming back, right? Yeah, and, and I, I think mean... that next drive he, he did pretty good, and uh, that next drive he ran someone over, yeah, now which. Don't it, know if we want to see that. In the that. next
0: drive when he had the big down the field to Colin Granson as well? Um, I, think,
1: I think that was a drive after. I'm not I'm not 100% I sure. I don't know if he got more than two drives, though. I don't know. No, he played the whole first quarter. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but he ran someone over the next drive. So I'm yep. like, okay, he, he bounced back well. Yep. Now, we don't want him to just yet just keep him safe. But we know he can do that.
0: Yeah. So. So. Um. So the numbers, and we'll, we'll go back to the interception, break that down a little bit. Okay. Uh, 7 for 12, which is 58%, which is better than he was in college, uh, yep. for 67 yards. But he had the drop by Pierce that cost him uh, more one more completion that would have been uh, 61% and over 100 yards in just one quarter.
1: Yeah, the fact that he got 67 yards in one quarter is pretty good. Right. And he had the chance to get over 100.
0: Right. And then he also had that, uh, like, a pylon run there that was called back for holding. Yeah. Um, no. That was, wasn't was quite a touchdown, but, you know, had that kind of possibility. All right, back to the interception. Okay. In your observation, what went wrong on the interception?
1: Okay, right, so uh, what I saw, I, I didn't, like, see a full breakdown or anything. I just kind of saw the play, then there was – I think two replays of it. Yeah. One more focused on the actual interception than the whole play. Right. But, so I saw the first play. I'm like, okay, what's going on there? It looks like, okay, he pump faked it. And that's kind of threw everyone off except that one person that was like, okay, he pump faked it. So I'm like, yep. take the interception. Um, whenever I looked back at him, I'm like, okay, he pump faked it. It threw off the wide receiver because he thought the wide receiver was like, okay, he's going to throw it. And he didn't end up throwing it. And so the wide receiver's like, oh, what do I do now? So I think he just kind of threw it to where he thought the wide receiver would be. But there was, like, miscommunication after the pump fake, basically.
0: Yeah, I think the throw was, like, kind of halfway between throw it away and, like, whoops, I shouldn't because I'm not outside the tackle box, right? Yeah. These things that are – they talk about the speed of the game or his his brain just isn't quite there with the speed of the game. But you look at the play, it all starts uh, when the slot corner – comes on a blitz yeah and so that's where the ball was going to go to mckenzie there and so there's really multiple decisions that have to be made once that corner comes down on a blitz is isaiah can continue to run the route right that kind of like quick out um or he could just stop it for a bubble screen right yeah that might have been the best call but you really got to be on the same page with your quarterback and, and receiver. And then it's not quite where they are yet. The other issue to me, when I go back and look at it, the big issue is, um, the, um, will fries. Okay. Because, um, you know, first of all, we have Blake Freeman in there because, um, uh, Braden Smith was not in there mm-hmm. at, because of injury, so Blake Blake Freeland comes out to get the corner on the edge, but Will Fries continues to block in the middle and doesn't pick up the outside tackle. Yeah, that, whenever the edge should have should have come over there, which then causes this disruption that causes the double clutch, and causes the errant miscommunication. Throw, right? Yeah. Um, when it comes down to it, you know who took responsibility? Isaiah, AR, and Shane Steichen. Would you want it any other way? Nope. All of your people take full responsibility. Whose fault is it? The guy who doesn't even say anything because they're covering for him because that's what a team is. Yep. Um, probably the most concerning thing that we saw, Matt Gay missed a 28-yard field goal. That's not even an extra point. He, didn't, we, didn't we pay him a decent amount of money? He is the 11th highest paid player on the Colts. Yeah. 30 plus million
1: over three years. That for him to miss a 28 yarder, that's that's insane. I yeah. think Chase McLaughlin still the I know. We still the that. person. I know. I know. What else we got? Um, well, I mean, obviously, whenever you're talking about, um, what is it? Whenever you're, whenever, fries. You're, whenever you're talking about Will Fries, obviously there's the offensive line, miscommunication. Yep.
0: yep. Some depth issues there. Like the yeah. second unit O-line was real rough. Um, rush had a pick six.
1: Yep. Our defense did look pretty
0: solid. Yep. That speed of Darius Rush. Whew, mm-hmm. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> Our edge rush had three sacks on the day. Um, some of those against the second unit, some against the first, but you know, continued pressure is what you want to see mm-hmm. from all areas.
1: Yep. Uh, so that's good. Uh, that that just shows depth within. Like even whenever their second unit is on, maybe our second unit is on. We're still providing that depth. I think our defense is definitely. Kind of underrated, I'd say, because it's kind of under the radar just because the Colts are yeah. not this top team. Right. But I think our defense is definitely to look, oh, something yeah. to look out for because we don't necessarily have the greatest players, but we're one of those teams like kind of like the Bills that has good yeah. chemistry right. on defense. Bengals, yeah, Bengals. Um,
0: and then there was a puzzling decision to me, at least, on the two point conversion at the end of the game. Uh, you down four, four minutes left, and you have all three timeouts, and they. Went for a two-point conversion, which is only going to put you down two instead of three. Wouldn't the best football mathematical decision be kick the extra point, count on four minutes, three timeouts to you know give the offense your balls, the ball again, so you can kick a field
1: goal? Yeah, I mean, uh, giving that timestamp, like just given the timestamp, yes. But if you give me more context on how the whole drive was played out. Like, if they were going and they did really, really good offense on that drive, go for the two points because, I mean, at the end of the day... Because then you're going for a win? Because then, then you go for the win, but it's also just a preseason, so I think two points is kind of like... You go for two points, you see what your offense can do type of thing. Yeah. So I don't think it was a bad call to go for two, but in, like, a normal game, I'd take the... I take the uh, extra point just because you're going. But then again, Matt Gay did miss. So maybe they're like, okay, we don't trust him. Right. Well, I think at that
0: point they had uh, Haversick in there as as well. I don't know if you don't trust him. I mean, obviously you want to see But I'm wondering if with four minutes left, they knew that they may not get the ball back and they wanted to kind of work a in-game scenario in the preseason of, hey, end of the game. We need a two-point conversion. Mm-hmm. I wonder if, mm-hmm. if it was in the brain of the coaches to go, we don't care about the outcome. That's not really what this is about. It's about testing it's our players. It's about, let's see what happens. Let's yeah. let's push our, you know, what the, our depth chart guys now, right? I'm talking about like our, mm-hmm. our third unit guys and see what happens when we say, this is the scenario we need to get this two-point conversion. Yeah. Okay? Next question. What did we learn?
1: Um... Obviously, AR needs some improvement, but he's a rookie. We knew that Yeah, his first game. Um, defense, we have depth on defense, and we have um, O-line problems. Also, one thing about the running back, um, I think it was definitely different with the running backs because there's not that standout running back like other teams have. Right. Um. So I definitely think it was different yeah. to have it. I don't know if it's a good different or bad different yet because... Some of them, perf- like Evan Hull, for example, had a couple of bigger runs, but a couple of small runs that kind of yeah. got swallowed
0: up. I-, I heard somebody say point out that Evan Hull was a lot of times with that second unit O-line that was not nearly as good, so we almost like didn't even set up Evan Hull with uh, decent opportunity for success. Yes,
1: and that's that comes back to the line again. It's not a whole bunch of depth, not a whole bunch of... I don't know, like chemistry, I guess. Yeah. That's, and this what, is that's one of the things we identified in free agency
0: that we didn't really address. But I wasn't overly worried about it because I think still in this season, there's a lot of O-line still out there in free agency. It's just about identifying those needs, like, say, at right guard and bringing in uh,
1: somebody more experienced. Yeah. And still, I think O-line more than anything is about Having chemistry and knowing where to go, what your guys are doing, Mm -hmm. rather than having the huge talent. Because if you have all those people, then maybe they're too big headed and they're like, okay, well, I'm really good at this, so this is what I need to do, but maybe it's better for the team if they don't do that. Yeah. And I've heard Q talk about, you know, all the
0: things that they're doing, all the dinners they're having, all the, you know, going over to each other's houses that they're doing as an offensive line unit to, um, to bring everybody together. I think yeah. that's really key. The other thing... Oh, no, you all right there? Yeah. Fixing my one. There we go. All right. Uh, what else we learned? Minshew is a pro. He went six for six. Yeah. And had a great two-minute drive to end the half. Scored a touchdown with three seconds left uh, with Jake Funk running up the middle. Uh, so we found that out. Um also, Downs and McKenzie, they're fast. Yeah. They're really fast. Oh, yeah. So uh, watch out across the middle. Strawn is a beast. Mm-hmm. He got a, a PI called for him, right, against the corner on him. Still reached up over the corner, made the grab. Yeah. I – we have so many receivers, but he brings something that's just – So different. Mm -hmm. I want him to, I want to see him be able to put it together in the season itself. If he can make the team. yeah. Um, The other thing, we still need to see more tight ends, but that was a product of injury. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um,
1: So, what do we want? Um, I always start out with Anthony Richardson, so I'm going to just continue that trend. I just want improvement. Just for that jitters to go away. And I think that just comes with time. Yeah. I think after this preseason, he'll be good. Maybe towards the end of the preseason, he'll be good as well. So, I wouldn't have made the
0: announcement too or, this early yeah. for AR. I think I, I would have waited. I'm always more close to the vest. Let, let other people be guessing. But what this does provide is, for sure, opportunity. He's going to run everything with the ones. Right? Yeah. Like... We don't know if the ones are going to start this preseason game, especially with the joint practices with the Bears and things like that. But, like, Anthony Richardson, the team is yours. And so that allows him to now settle in to run everything with the ones consistently to build that chemistry. Uh, I agree. Um, O-line depth, yeah. please. Yep. Anybody? Definitely. Crickets? We need them. We need <laughs> Even crickets might be able to uh, block somebody better.
1: Anything else? I mean, we need our $30 million kicker to make some kicks. Yeah. Like, I'm like, he needs to make it or he ain't going to make it. Yeah. Sorry.
0: Like, maybe we could save some money. Yep. Um, I want to see what the joint practice looks like. I don't know that we're going to see a ton from the game itself, because they're not going to run any fancy blitzes and things like that and put that on film Mm. for everybody in the preseason. The Bears aren't. But, you know, Shane Steichen might uh, go over to Eberflus and be like, hey, can you dial something up on third down and test my quarterback out, right? Uh, Where we're going to get some stunts. You're going to get some games. You're going to get some stuff on the O-line to really test them out, or on the D-line to test your O-line out. You're going to get these – uh, disguised coverages where we're going to all of a sudden drop the D tackle into coverage and bring two linebackers, you know, yeah. some disguised coverages. Let me see what joint practice looks like to see how uh, our offense can gel together and kind of handle that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I need health from players
1: to see. Yeah. That. Not not like there's – at the end of the day, there's not a whole much you can do right other than if it's like them – Getting overheated or something like that. Right. Like it, it's been a problem here in Texas, where it's just been so hot. No matter how much water you drink, it's you still get overheated. You have to drink gallons of water for you yeah. to be okay, and no one like wants to do that. Yep. Start of the game. You want to go first? Or you want me to? Uh, how about
0: it? Okay. Uh, my start of the game. I was gonna say maybe Minshew for six for six yep. downs for all the stuff he did rush for his interception but I'm gonna go Deion Jackson because he was already fighting a quad thing on the way in still went for it still got the start ran 35 yards on six carries which is 5.8 a carry mm-hmm 5.8 per carry is huge okay uh, and so you know once again it might have been you know the threat of Anthony Richardson opening up some of those lanes. It could have been lots of things, but 5.8 carry is real
1: good. All right, start of the game for you. I have two things here either Minshew yep. for doing so well, or McKenzie. Okay. I'm going to go, I, I think it's obvious why Minshew's there, so I'm going to pick McKenzie okay. to kind of explain myself. So we realize he's super fast, really good, um, veteran. He's a good veteran player. Um, Maybe not super old for a veteran, but still he's up there in uh, time in the NFL. Uh, But the main thing is because he's so fast and such a good route runner and he's in the slot, I think the slot guy is meant to create space so that you get one or two catches. So like, okay, we have to adjust our defense, creates more space for the outside guys. I think that's exactly what McKenzie did, created that opportunity so that That deep ball to Alec Pierce was one-on-one rather than being maybe double coverage as the corner and safety both drop. Right. So, but then the safety has to watch McKenzie, so the corner has to go with. So I think that McKenzie did a really, really good job playing that slot and making sure that he created space for all the other guys. He was a playmaker for everyone else. Gotcha. Are you concerned at all about the drop and the
0: reliability of uh, Alec Pierce?
1: No. I think
0: Even related to last
1: year's opening game? I think Alec Pierce um he's shown us what we could do what he can do um and I'm not concerned it's it's his first preseason game back after a decent amount mm-hmm. I know you've been practicing and all that but still there's nothing like it I'm a little worried that he has a pressure problem okay I'm a little worried
0: I just want to keep he's let's so it, young it's just just keep this in mind that I said this. I don't know if he has the big pressure moments.
1: Okay. I, I agree. I, uh, just something to keep you on. Right. That, that's why we have McKenzie and uh, yeah. Pittman to do that. Yeah. So on to the Bears' joint practices. And next
0: we will talk about the performance of another high-drafted QB
1: in the Niners' neighborhood. We still do not have any sponsors, but if you'd like to sponsor our little podcast – Email theunstableblues at gmail.com. Until then, we'll just keep telling you about what we do. Do you need a friend for life? You need one of our Bernadillos from Country Mountain Dogs. Our puppies are known for their great temperament and are the perfect companion for families looking for service, therapy, or a new furry family member. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Country Mountain Dogs.
0: Here we go. Another edition of the Niners Neighborhood. And we're going to talk about the preseason game that they had. We're going to focus it a little bit more than we did on the Colts one. Trey Lance, that's
1: my question. Trey Lance? Uh, no. My my short answer <laughs> is no. I I didn't watch the game. I watched highlights. Yeah. Um, And? The highlights were him throwing one good ball and getting sacked twice. Okay. So one highlight for him. Uh, And that tells me, I mean, I think he played maybe first first quarter, the whole first half. Here's the numbers. 10 for 15.
0: Okay. 112 yards and one TD. It's not bad stats if you look at just that. That sounds like a great stat line for a preseason game. Yeah, you went ten for fifteen. So what is that? Seventy five percent?
1: Um, it's more uh 60, 60 Okay, right. but yeah.
0: So it's two thirds of your passes. Okay. Yep. For over a hundred yards and a touchdown. Yeah. That's a better stat line than Anthony Richardson. And everybody's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, Anthony Richardson has what it takes. He's QB one. Trey Lance has better stats. Why are we so thumbs down on him?" Well, there's also
1: – there's negatives to every every positive.
0: He took four sacks, yep. I believe.
1: Now, some of these I'm getting off of the
0: totals. So this may not just be him. This is like what the Niners did. They took four sacks. Yeah. They were 2 for 10 on third down.
1: Not great. Oh for 2 on fourth down conversions. That's not good at all. And that touchdown – Oh, I saw that. It was a huge – it was a bobble and somehow ended up in the tight end's hand. That hands. touchdown should have been a pick. Yeah. It. it he threw it to another guy and
0: it I think behind the, him. the safety jumped over and it, was, it just went off his hands and then went into the hands of a Niner who happened yep. to be falling to the ground. Yeah. Like the backup tight end, I believe. Mm-hmm. So – Just because the stat line looks good does not mean you were good. He was slow. What have we said about the Niners offense? It's very fast-paced, lots of stuff going on. And we say, like, it doesn't matter what quarterback is going to run that system. It's the system that works. Mm -hmm. Well, your quarterback still has to be fast enough to keep up with the system. Yeah. And it was much more – they weren't gimmicks, but that's normal. It's vanilla in the preseason but he just looked so Blit. in over his head and feet in mud, which is not at all what they thought when they moved up to draft him two years ago. Yeah. Are you worried at all about the defense giving up thirty four points?
1: Um me and Isaiah had talked about this as well. We'd kinda me and Isaiah had kinda talked through a lot of the preseason games. Um uh no, I am not worried. Just because uh, half of our half of the Niners' defense is that good that they don't need to play. Um, now there there is the depth problem. You could say okay, there's depth, but um, I I mean yes, there may be a depth problem, but then again, once you once half of your defense isn't playing. Now I may be over exaggerating because. Mm-hmm. But regardless, I condemn at least a couple of people that weren't playing and that are a big part of the defense. And once you lose those parts and you're kind of like, okay, what do we do now? And they, it's not that they have one or two people. They have a lot of people. It just happened to be that all of those people are that good that they don't need to test their skill in the preseason. So they're just waiting so they don't get hurt. So yeah. I, don't, I don't see a problem in the Niners' defense. I get
0: that. I worry a tad about the depth yeah. that is maybe non-existent uh, because they gave up 34 points largely to a rookie quarterback, Aiden O'Connell. Yeah. Who had an incredible game. Yeah. But the fact that he had an incredible game against your defense is a tad troubling. Mm-hmm. It's concerning and something to watch. I don't know, like you mentioned, like, you're, you know, it's talking about preseason, and not all your players are going to play. One of those players is Nick Bosa, who is currently holding out for a new contract. Yeah. Nick Bosa is, now, the Niners have the freedom to waive all of these fines, if they so choose, but they could also enforce them. He's losing, I think, 40-some thousand a day by not being at practice, and for any game that he misses, like the Raiders game, he misses – $997,000 997000 some change. And so almost a million dollars he loses by not showing up for a preseason game. Are you worried that he might not sign? Are you worried that they might not come to a conclusion? Is he going to be in there for week one? What do you think?
1: Um, I think, no, best case scenario, um, Niners sign him again, waive all of his fines. None of that happens. He was the best defensive player last year. Um, and he was part of the best defense last year. Um, I don't care what people say. Niners were the best defense last year. Yeah. Um, I think it'd be stupid of him and the Niners to not sign him back just because he is a big part of that defense. And I think if he goes somewhere else, he won't find as much success. So, uh, I'm not really worried about it until it comes closer to the season, maybe. Gotcha. Yeah. There were plenty of other intriguing performances from around the league, but next I'm going to apply that to the fantasy world with a fantasy pre-draft episode with a pretty sweet name.
0: (laughs) My wife Alexis and I have our very own podcast where we talk about relationships, marriage, and our crazy life, raising seven children. Our second episode will be coming out soon, where we will talk about the difference between two years of marriage and 20. Look us up and subscribe at Growing Up Hall, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: End of commercial. Come back on. All right. Segment three, name in Liam's dreams.
0: I think uh, it's a pretty cool name. Uh, because of the fantasy thing? Yeah. All right. Okay. Fantasy football update in Liam's dreams. Okay. Because you're pretty much like the fantasy guru
1: here. I do love myself fantasy. All right.
0: So um, I'm just going to ask you some questions here. I'll chime in okay. whenever I feel like Sounds I good. have something to add mm. uh, intelligent wise. Okay. Who are the top performers you're looking at in this year's fantasy output?
1: Um, So in most leagues, let me just preface this first. If you don't know fantasy, Um, in most leagues, uh, running the ball is more points than passing the ball or receiving the ball. Receiving the ball still gets you more points than uh, throwing the ball. So quarterbacks don't get as much love as running backs and wide receivers. Running backs... So, hold on. In the
0: real league, running backs are devalued. But in fantasy, they are the top value. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yep. Interesting. Yeah. But quarterbacks are, like, not as valued. Yeah. But in the There's... real league, like, they are the ultimate value. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I know.
1: It's weird. Okay. All right. Which, I mean, take, now that you mentioned that, I mean, in this upcoming draft, you want to be careful of all the running backs that are having problems or second thoughts about their team. So you want to take one that's for sure playing so they don't have to go through all that mess. And you're like, oh my goodness, my running back's going through this stuff right now. Right. So, so which is why Jonathan Taylor may not be a safe option right now. Right. Um Just Stay away. My top performers. Top performers. We I'll go. give two wide receivers, two running backs. Okay. So last year, Austin Eckler was best one. I think he's going to have a good year, but not that great. Okay. My top running backs is yes. Nick Chubb. Okay. Because he is a hard rusher, all right, and Kareem Hunt's gone. Yeah, he is the, so he's the sole dude. runner for the Browns. His quarterback doesn't run that much. He's going to get a lot of carries this year, and he's always been at the top, secretly at the top of runners. Yeah, another one, kind of sneaky, okay. Josh Jacobs. I he's a good. He hasn't signed yet. I know, but he hasn't once signed yet. once he does, because oh. he's going to yeah. sign with the all Raiders right. with oh, Jimmy
0: okay. G. He's he's gonna. So, you're saying he's going to take the
1: uh, tag? Yes. Okay. He's and just staying out now because he doesn't have to. Exactly. Okay. All right. And I think he's a great runner. I feel like a lot of people say he's overrated. I feel like too many people are talking about him, but he's not overrated. Okay. Everything that's saying is accurate. Um, and Jimmy G, I know Jimmy G loves his dump offs. And Josh Jacobs is going to be right there. Okay. And so I think Josh Jacobs is going to do really well. All right, your receivers. Um, I, I'm going to go reliable here because receivers are a little – they're they're fluctuating. Well, it depends on who your quarterback is and how well they can deliver, deliver the ball and how much they go your way. I know. I'm going to say – I'm not going to say Justin Jefferson this year. That's very – maybe controversial. Um,
0: Especially, okay, because – Kirk Cousins is in the last year of his deal. Yeah. The last year of his deal in Washington, he went off and mm-hmm. scored himself some big money off of it. I believe that Kirk Cousin is a pressure performer and may be amazing this year to Justin
1: Jefferson. I I um, agree. Okay. Um go for it. I'm sorry also, to interrupt. No, no, it's fine. Uh there's also other targets in Minnesota, okay. that's all I'm saying. Um not as many with Thielen gone. Well, no. But still, there's, I, yeah. there's targets. Yep. Um. So, um, I'm gonna say Cooper Cup. He was hurt, but he's still putting up fantasy points last okay. year. Cooper Cup's up there, and I don't really have a second one in mind. But I think DK Metcalf and Garrett Wilson are safe picks because Garrett Wilson with the new addition of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He was already rookie of the right offensive rookie of the year last yep. year mm-hmm. without a Rod. And then with A-Rod, I think he's gonna be even better. Yeah. So I think Garrett Wilson's a very safe and throw some in there. Kittle, Kittle's who you go for? I don't care. Oh yeah. Kelsey, I I Kelsey's very reliable, but I would choose Kittle. I mean, you look later because at... Kittle's gonna be open later, and Kelsey's gonna be a first round pick. I don't know if you I want think, to waste that I on think tight if ends. you
0: look at the Purdy at, at the George Kittle's numbers pre Purdy and after Purdy, he like. He's such a target for Purdy. Mm-hmm. And so now with a full year with Brock at the percent, you got to go with Kittle. Yeah, Kittle is tight end one always to me.
1: Yeah, he's the best tight end all around the league. Yeah. Um, even though they don't count blocking which man,
0: I think they should.
1: Yeah, if they, if they have blocking stats, oh, oh Kittle's the best.
0: Yeah. Um, no George Pickens?
1: Uh, he's he's so- going to do good, but he's, I don't know. He, his quarterback is still young. I get I get I think they really, really chemistry I, I know they do have really good dangerous chemistry the danger Johnson on
0: the other side and how much is going to get distributed yeah same thing with Metcalf though when you got that a trio like that with yeah. Lockett and uh, Smith and Jigba mm-hmm. like that's that's three guys you are you know all potential number ones anywhere and so how well is that going to get distributed yeah. versus targeted mm-hmm. um uh, I'm. Lo- I'm trying to think of another running back. Watch out for Saquon. He's got something to prove. Um, I don't. I don't know of another running back that I'm thinking of a versatile kind of running back. I, I think I also don't want to give it away to you.
1: I think Derrick Henry is another person. Really? I think his. From what I've seen the offseason, his catching ability has gotten so much better. I think that's just another with. Uh, but D-hop you can run if your offensive line can't block. Dump it off to him. The screen is just an extension of the run. Is that I what you always say? I, th-
0: I just, the Tennessee Titans are in so much turmoil. I, I would not I take agree. anyone with them whatsoever but I'm also a little bit slanted in the same division. Yeah. All right. Uh, who are you going to avoid? Who was successful last year? You're like, nope, don't do it this year.
1: Uh, JTU So you're going to avoid just because okay. of his whole team and his ankle and all that. Softball pitch. That's an easy um, answer. Okay. Another person you're going to avoid, another AFC South, Damian Pierce. He is a really big asset for the Texans. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't. I okay. don't um I don't see him doing that well. Okay. I'm gonna stick with this ASC South trend, wide receiver Christian Kirk. Calvin Ridley's on the Jaguars and he's been looking so yeah. Yeah. good. Yeah, you're right. You stay away from Christian Kirk because Calvin Ridley's the one. Okay. Right. Um let's go over the um I'm trying to think of uh anyone else that you avoid. You, you know I'm you know who I'm avoiding.
0: I already told you this. Yeah. Austin Eckler was like my running back last year. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see, two years ago, two years ago I had Kyler Murray as my quarterback and I absolutely went with the conviction not last year and I was absolutely right. And he was very successful for me the year I had him. Yep. Last year, had Austin Eckler, it was amazing. He was like this great consistent. Best fantasy running back. And this year I'm saying, I'm telling you, no. Yeah. There was turmoil over this last year. It got in his head. And you know who got the big money? His quarterback, not him. Austin Eckler is a no go.
1: Yep. This year for me. Um uh my last person to not pick up mm-hmm. is Kyle Pitts. Oh. Um, I'd say there's four, maybe five really good tight ends, that being Mark Andrews, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Dallas Goddard and maybe Dalton Schultz. Yeah. Depending on how Dak wants to distribute. Yeah. And that being said, Dak Prescott's another person you don't want to have.
0: <laughs>
1: He's been throwing picks
0: left and right uh, all through camp. Mm-hmm. Um, all right.
1: Uh, who are your sleepers? Um, this is one of my favorites to do. Uh, I think Tyler Lockett is very underrated. No one really talks about him, but Tyler Lockett is... Seattle doesn't really have a number 1 wide receiver, yeah. so technically Tyler is still that He's, he served me well last year. Um I think um Mike Williams is another good one. He kind of sneaks up on Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is the number 1 traditionally, but I think um Mike Williams uh will still do a good job. Um I think not a whole bunch of I mean people are talking about Brees Hall, but not enough, I don't think. Well, especially now that you got Dalvin Cook, you realize he's not gonna get as much
0: of the load either.
1: Yeah. I, I still think Brees is the main man there. Uh and just to kind of continue this wide receiver trend, we can go um either Mike Evans or Chris Godwin for Bucks. Yes, they have Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield isn't, you know, the greatest, but he's still a good quarterback. He puts it where it needs to be. And I think Mike Evans and uh Chris Godwin are gonna have a good year. Okay.
0: Um, I have a few people from the same team here. Okay. Darnell Mooney.
1: Okay. I know, right. I know
0: where you're heading. Okay. Do you, I don't know if you do know where I'm headed. Because I'm going to throw into your tight ends, Komet. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. I think both those guys were good about targets that. last year. And I think when, you, when they bolstered their offensive line and they threw DG Moore in there, I think you're going to see the chemistry. Even though, you know... DJ Moore is gonna get his his hits and you know his targets. I think you're gonna see the chemistry that started last year from those two and fields start to come out. Yeah. Um, sleeper QB Derek Carr. I am. I actually like that pick with him with the new weapons he has. Jimmy Graham is coming back to the Saints. Yeah. I think that they're gonna have a really successful year. And Derek Carr is going to have a lot of different people to throw the ball to. Mm. And I think uh, that's going to be a good sleeper for that.
1: Ooh, one more sleeper. Yep. Keeping the same trend here with the same team. Alvin Kamara. I think he might have a little bit He's of a bounce back here. He's already suspended for the
0: first three, four games because of after the that, though, I think he
1: After that, though, I think he might have a little bit of a bounce back here. Okay. All right. Um, Rookies. Rookies. Um... I think everyone's saying B. John Robinson. I I mean, I see that in him. It's what he can do. He can run, he can catch and I, all I think things. he will he'll have a good year. Um but like you gotta think of all the you gotta think of like the draft is a lot of quarterback talk. So so you gotta so you naturally go over quarterback. There's a lot of defense, but that's all wrapped in a team. I mean obviously I don't think you wanna take the Texans D. Um or, nope. excuse me, team from Houston D. Um but uh so you talk quarterbacks. Uh obviously we all know how CJ Stroud did. Uh not very great. Um Will Levis is too deep in the roster yeah, we to don't pick know about him up. That, yep. Um so Bryce Young and AR are who you're left with for rookie quarterbacks. And I, I'd take AR. I know that it might sound a little biased. Bryce Young did do a good job. But I personally would take AR because he is officially named the starter. He's going to be the one consistently pumping out that fantasy points whenever Bryce Young, I mean, Andy Dalton still saying he's a starter. So we don't know exactly what's happening there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, he may be saying he's a starter, but I think everybody else is pointing to Bryce. Um, yeah. Okay,
1: rookies. Um, so I'm like, I'm like thinking, I'm like, okay, who is there? Smith and Jigba. Yeah, Hilduff would be good. Um, this is Trailenberg's second year, correct? Yeah. Okay.
0: Watch out for Zay Flowers. Okay. In Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. With Odell there now, and he's a lot like a downs kind of speedy, going to get open, all that kind of stuff, right? Uh-huh. All right. Um, who else am I thinking of? Uh,
1: rookies. There's a lot of second year guys. Yeah. They're like up and coming. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't know. Like, there's, no, there's not much others. That's oh, this. I got it. Okay. Deuce Vaughn. Oh, yeah. Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn. I mean, Vaughn. No, we've been
0: on Deuce Vaughn for a while.
1: We've been on Deuce Vaughn. He's in, he is in the Cowboys with Tony, but, Pollard. but but that but that could interchange like that. It was Zeke and Tony. It could be like Deuce and Tony now. I believe that Tony will be
0: more of kind of your every down kind of back. Yeah, and Deuce is going to be more of a gadget guy. He's going to be, uh, but he's also a good third down back because he's so good at catching it. Out of the backfield, mm-hmm. he's so good at the yards after catch. He's so he's fast, so hard to find on the field because he's so small. He can hide behind guys. You don't know where the ball is. All of a sudden, you see this guy like doing a sonic like roll on mm-hmm. you, and he's gone. So I'm gonna say Deuce Vaughn. Okay, that's yeah, a good one I don't know if I if if I was a smaller league, I don't know if I'd pick him up. If you're a bigger league, uh, maybe that's. Where to go? Mm-hmm. Speaking of big league deep cuts, you got a big league. You got like fourteen plus uh, yeah. in your league.
1: Who is that that you're gonna pick up? That's like deep. Um, my, whenever I heard deep cuts, my first thought was Tyler Boyd, okay. uh, wide receiver for the Bengals. We all know how much uh, Burrow likes to throw the ball. He now Jamar Chase and T Higgins are gonna yeah. get. They're gonna get shut down. That's fine. There are going to be days that they're not good, but Tyler Boyd's going to be there. Whenever they don't do good, he'll do good. Yeah, I think Tyler Boyd is definitely a good pickup. Um, maybe some other deep cuts. I mean, if we want to talk about uh, Colts, Isaiah McKenzie, Alec Pierce, since Pittman's probably going to be picked off the board, maybe a little later, but yeah. still. Uh, Kelly Osborne for the Vikings, also another really good pick mm. Yeah, with... Um, Justin Jefferson and uh, TJ Hawkinson being those picks. Yeah. I think kind of any wide receiver on the Seahawks, you can say. Uh, and I feel like you can consider this deep cut or not. I don't know exactly what you consider it, but Aaron Jones, because I think he'll be taken deeper. Okay. Yeah, I got you. Um, but I think he is kind of a versatile running back. I think a lot of running backs are turning more versatile since it is more of a passing league. Yeah, you got it. Um and then staying on that kind of trend with number one wide right receivers, not receivers but running backs, but might be taken later in the draft. Isaiah Pacheco is also another good one okay. for the Chiefs that I'd look out for. Yeah.
0: Um I'm gonna go with a receiver and a tight end. Okay. okay. Uh Peoples, the Browns receiver. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh I think uh he's got some good stuff. Uh, not quite to the level of George Pickens, but kind of reminds me of that kind of yeah. idea. Um, and then uh, Friermuth from the Steelers. Oh, Friermuth, uh, I, th- yes. I, think, I think, you know, he's going to be kind of right on that border of, you know, you got, you know, 12 people in your league or so. He's going to be right at that point yeah. in the draft. You know, people are going to go for the big names of all these things. And then people go, oh, yeah frame move right
1: mm-hmm.
0: sort of that commit kind of people won't really like it won't be on the forefront but they'll think of it later you know and yeah. so uh, he's my kind of my deep cut well that's all for this episode next week we will talk about the Bears game as well as the joint practices make our calls on the 53 man roster for the Colts and our championship predictions for the end of the season as we are only two more episodes until
1: the official start of the season this is liam and this is kevin reminding you to stay unstable